everybody, and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Today, we are recording the next topic wheel, whatever that may be. You know what it is, we we, we don't. Yeah, you, you have the title, we don't. Uh, in case you're new, topic wheels are basically just random topics about either movies or TV or just kind of the, around there in general, and we select it at random and we talk about them. We've done two before. Yes. So, we're and we're about... doing this because we want to wait a bit longer before jumping into Star Season. Straight up, that's why. That's why we admitted it uh, in Over the Garden Wall. Which, if you haven't listened to that episode, do yourself a favor and watch the show, and then listen to that episode. Absolutely. <laughs> be like, <clears throat> be like Promare. Just like, just watch the movie, then come back and watch the episode. <laughs> Honestly, Over the Garden Wall is on HBO Max. It's uh, under two hours. Like, yeah. Overall, just watch it. It's good. So, uh, why don't we do uh, this? Well, give me a moment. Also, need to pause because I need to catch my breath. Hold on a sec. Just all sorts of fun today. Jesus Christ, work your throat <laughs> properly. I need to stop dying over here. Honestly. Anyway, so in order to get the topic that we're talking about that is in the title, we have to spin the wheel. Hence again, you you already know where the wheel lands, so th this isn't really much of a surprise. Anyway, let us <gasps> spin, spin. Oh no, I was late. Alrighty, we're going to talk about physical copies today. Oh yeah, kind of a short one, but hey, uh, we need to talk about the importance of physical copies. All right. Stop that recording. I, I, there's no even like intro or anything, is it? We're just going right into the topic, aren't we? How how do you want to segue? I don't know. It just feels weird not doing that. I think it's been so long since I've done a topic wheel. I'm just not used to this. Usually, like it takes us like 15 minutes just to get set up. <laughs> this is true. Uh, We're being efficient. You know. What is this shit? So, with the rise of streaming services, it's very important to remember just what lasts and just what kind of just doesn't last. Especially when it comes to media, like movies. And we and Justin feel very important about physical media besides just the fact that we love it and it's just really nice having it there and it's just very satisfying to collect them. It's a little more important than that, I think. Yeah, well, there is just the first off of collecting them because stuff like Criterion, uh, Shout Factory, who we talk about a lot, Arrow Video, they have awesome covers. There's awesome special features. That's actually, yeah, let's start with that. Like, just yeah. the main, like, before getting into the, I guess, the deeper the deeper philosophical reason of owning physical copy and we're going to always refer to it as physical copy yes <clears throat> fuck we you good body you good <laughs> just, okay just this body need a second what happened i like something came up my throat it was like <clears> throat> is like, okay <laughs> jesus christ God, nothing wants us to do this episode tonight. <laughs> Our bodies are just physically repulsing to the fact that we're doing this. <laughs> oh, man, we're recording a topic episode. <laughs> but, yeah, let's start with the regular, just why physical media is just kind of rad. 
fights kind of nice. Um, first off, I'll, this is kind of a actually seemingly a new point brought up. There are other cuts on physical media. Yes, I know the Snyder cut was very exciting. However, we've also been doing this for literally decades of having director's cuts or or uncut versions of movies available on physical media. Yeah, ever since the advent of like DVD and physical media in general, because like it had existed in the VHS era too as much, but when the DVD era came, that's when things like really started taking off with like, you know, oh yeah, we can do <clears throat> director's cuts. We can do like mix and match different scenes seamlessly and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, the main example I can think of actually, besides Blade Runner or uh, the Alien movies, mm-hmm. uh, Extro, which is a uh B sci-fi movie from uh I think it's the UK, but there's a special edition that came out, and there's like four cuts on it. There's the theatrical cut, the TV cut, a new cut made by the director. And I think the British TV cut. Mm. And all of them are have uh, at least one or two scenes that are changed. They have different lighting grading. It's weird, but Did, it's interesting. Didn't you say that like the director's cut was not the cut to watch of that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard it was awful. Like, I watched it a bit. The color, the coloring on the fucking film was awful. So they kind of did a good, a bad and the ugly. Yeah, like the one version of uh, Good and Bad and the Ugly or Well, not that we did watch. Uh, the one that we could have bought by accident, but yeah. we bought the correct Blu-rays. I got the one for Justin just to make sure specifically that it wouldn't just look crappy. So, And this is just the plus of having physical media because that's another thing that could be a good segue too is you never know which version is going to be on streaming. It's usually just the theatrical version. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, you don't know what version they're going to put up there all the time. Like, for example, King Boxer, even though the dub was fine, um, that was the only one that was available. And if someone wanted to watch it subbed, they couldn't do that unless they had the DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, I don't actually know if it has a Blu-ray. Mm, damn, really? I never looked into it. Good movie, though. Yeah. Solid time. But it's really nice just having all those cuts in one place. Another example that we actually did on the show was the Lupin DVD um, of Mystery of Mamo. All of the all of the dubs were there. Every single one of them ever made. <laughs> yeah, there was so many dubs. <laughs> like all this ever made. There was five tracks. There's the Japanese one, and then the all four of the different English dubs that were made for it. Which also this is getting kind of the second half of the episode, but. Even if there is just one version that all fans agree is the best one, mm-hmm. it's still very interesting to look look and see how a certain dub was done or how a certain edit was done, just for comparison's sake. It is really cool to have that, and that actually is on one of the Blade Runner Blu-rays that I have. The one I'm actually going to give to you has all, f- I think, five cuts of the movie, actually. Jesus Christ. Because there's the, you know, obviously the final cut's the way to go, but there's also the theatrical cut, the first special edition that came out. There was, like, a work print version of it or something, an early work print version that they included. Like, they went all out for that one. You know, instead of calling it the theatrical cut, should it just be called the narration cut? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. With, 
Harrison Ford just still funny to me. Just this half. He's very clearly half-assing it because he's just talking in this tone the whole time. <laughs> Why the hell did you people bring me yeah, back? Honestly, basically. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think Ridley Scott really was the one that kind of kicked off the whole director's cut thing because once the advent of DVD came out, he he was always into technology and stuff like that, and he realized, wait a minute. I hated the way that movie turned out. I have these elements. I could put a new cut together. Oh, and thus that was kind of born. And I think that was like clear back in like 19, like early nineties, like early days of DVD that he did that. Huh? So, but yeah, cuts are definitely a cool way to have it. And like I said, different audio options and stuff like that. A lot of times I will actually look for the stereo 2.0. If I'm watching on my television or through my headphones, cause uh, it's a very this is just a little weird side note, but it's a very common thing to make fun of where, and it does actually happen where you put in a DVD and the dialogue is talking like this, really quiet, and then the music is like, bah, 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 bah. It, it's ridiculous, and that's because you have it set to five point one, and that five point one uh, sound is trying to come out of two speakers. So, in in case you don't know sound, the no. The number at the end of it is how many speakers are supposed to be there. Yes. So stereo is two tracks. I think most people know that. But yeah, like 5.1 would be five different speakers, four speakers and a subwoofer. And sometimes on Netflix and Amazon, I think the only versions that they have are like the 5.1 mixes. So, <laughs> Which is weird because they're, they are apps used on people's phones, which only has stereo. Yeah. So go figure there. Yeah, just hook up 5.1 surround to your fucking iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Then you can finally watch a movie properly on there. Exactly. And Netflix has audio options for some movies. I know for some anime, you can actually choose between the sub and the dub. But Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. But not always. So, <clears throat> um, nice. Another nice thing for physical copies is just bonus features. Like, um... Criterion, Shout Factory, and Arrow are really good with this, mm -hmm. where there's, for Criterion, there's usually commentary tracks with a director if they're still alive. If not, it's people who worked on the film or, like, uh, famous film critics talking about the influence that the film had at the time. Yep. Uh, someone, uh, someone I mentioned on the show a lot of times, Glenn Erickson, DVD savant, he's actually on a couple Criterion commentary tracks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, for Jules Dassan's Night in the City, he did the commentary track for that. So That's pretty sick. Mm -hmm. uh, there's behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of Edgar Wright's movies actually have mini documentaries on them that are an hour long. And you get to find out about either the making of the movie. Uh, Hot Fuzz has one where, they're, where it's Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright on a... Uh, what's the term? Like an advertisement tour in America. Oh, okay. And that's actually a lot of fun to watch, especially when they, when they are doing um, phone interviews. I'm going to have to check that out because that sounds fun. <laughs> the phone interviews are the best because they have to do like 16 of them in a row, basically saying the same shit uh, over and over. Oh, Jesus. And you watch as they slowly get more and more annoyed that they are stuck in this fucking office <laughs> talking to someone over the phone instead of in person. And they start fucking around, like, right around the room or knocking shit over. And whoever's talking has to tell the interviewer, like, oh, don't worry, someone just slammed a door. That's so funny. I'm going to have to check that out. I actually didn't know that was a thing. That sounds great. 
Yeah, it's also uh, free on YouTube. It's called a uh, Hot Fuzz Rally. Awesome. If anyone wants to look, look it up. I just want to say too for extras on Edgar Wright, just the amount of commentaries on Shaun of the Dead is ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, Edgar Wright movies uh, have a lot of special features. Shaun of the Dead has like ten commentary tracks, including one where it just has the zombies. The people who the extras who played the zombies get a commentary. Fucking funny. Everyone gets a fucking commentary track. Shit. Uh, in case you don't know what a commentary track is, you basically the movie as director or actors or whoever the yep. just talks about talks over the film yeah and they either reminisce about like you know behind the scenes stuff in the film and how fun it was to work or like if it's someone who's passed sometimes they'll say like oh yes their style was like this and i've studied them for a while so that's why a lot of times it's film critics and stuff like that yeah uh one of my favorites is honestly the commentary track for fight club with um david fincher edward norton and Oh, who played uh, Brad Pitt? Marla. No, Marla. Oh, 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 Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter, yes. Them, oh, sorry, bump my table. Uh, (laughs) That is a fucking funny track. And also you find out about a lot of fuck-ups behind the scenes. Like, without giving anything away for Fight Club. If you want that, you can listen to the episode yeah. we did a long time ago. What, did the commentary track on that, is that where she said the story about, like, the lion that they wanted to uh, change? I think she did, but that's not the one I was going to go with. Uh, There's the scene where, again, without giving anything away, where Step steps onto the street to stop a bus. The bus stopped, uh, missed the mark, and hit him. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Hit him and knocked him flat on his ass. <laughs> he is lucky he didn't get hurt. <laughs> well, it was still stopping. It just missed its mark by a foot or something. So, <laughs> I bet the driver felt terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I would have laughed. Yeah, I would have too. That's the sad thing. I felt so bad. Uh, Hardcore Henry also has a really great commentary track with the main actor for Jimmy and the director. Yeah. And I'm just talking about how fucking crazy Russian... Uh, stuntmen are. Oh, fucking Charlotte Copley's on the track? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And, of course, there are infamous commentary tracks, like the one in Armageddon, where Ben Affleck talks about how he asked Michael Bay why they, why they didn't just teach astronauts how to drill instead of drillers how to be astronauts, and he told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Or there's some John Carpenter movie that he made with fans, and um, the movie was because they won a competition or whatever to make a film with him. Ah. And the film was so bad during the commentary track, John Carpenter just fucking walks out and goes to have a smoke. Are you fucking serious? He's gone for like, I think it's 30 minutes, and then comes back for the last bit of the movie. I did not know that. Yeah, you can find some funny shit on commentary yeah. tracks. And there was one, I think, Glenn, Glenn mentioned one that, like, got censored or something. There was, like, an old movie with an older director that said some, I guess, kind of sexist shit. Or, or either that or it was, like, something directly shit-talking the company or something like that that was only released on Laserdisc. And then, they like, basically, like, cut it down for later releases. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. It was kind of great. <laughs> Yeah, just interesting shit like that. 
yeah, if you're into movies, physical copies are a good way to go because you get all this behind-the-scenes stuff and fun little stories about making movies. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Um, plus, I, I could go into detail, and it, it wouldn't really be a fair point. That's more of a petty point to make. But Blu-rays in general are just better quality than streaming, and I'm not going to do this, but I could get really pedantic about it because streaming, if you have good internet and everything, um, it'll be fine. There's really no problem with streaming something, but. <laughs> oh, come on. Keep going. You want me to keep going? I mean, people get pedantic with gaming when because consoles only go 60 FPS, but computers could go 120 fps so go okay you know what yeah. go off king when, when i really think about that you're right so there there are subtle differences even when like airing something on tv as opposed to physical media because a lot of times um the blu-rays <clears throat> let me see when something is i'm not gonna go in detail because i could just go on forever about this shit but when something is aired on television you just kind of in inherently lose quality when it's digital there's <clears throat> like a slight pixelation that goes on and it softens up the picture just a little bit or something there's subtle differences that are uh, a little noticeable but <clears throat> when you watch it on blu-ray that's why like a lot of times there's like a big difference like whoa holy shit um <clears throat> And something more, too, along those lines is Blu-rays really, really help older movies. And there's this really weird stigma out there that older movies have to look like shit. Like, there, a lot of times if someone, like, makes tries to make a digitally shot film look like, you know, an older film or something like that, they'll just, like, you know, cut frames here and there, add a black and white filter, have scratches, have the picture jumping around and shit. And that doesn't happen because that's what happened when it didn't originally look like that, basically. That's what happens. Maybe your shit VHS you rented from yeah. Blockbuster did that, but... yeah. Exactly, but realistically, never did that. And in fact, that was a big complaint of a lot of DVDs is that, you know, because Blu-rays just have the obviously better, uh, not the size, I'm actually, um, resolution. That's the word I'm looking for. They have added resolution as compared to the DVD, and the image, just because of how Blu-ray works, is also way more stable because DVD, I think, was at a slightly different frame rate than actual film film. But on Blu-ray, it literally is just like frame, 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 24 frames a second, progressive, no missing frames, no nothing. Like, and that's why Criterion and Arrow are just a godsend when it comes to that, because they take these films that would have otherwise never gotten a quality release and they restore them, basically, especially Arrow. Arrow has a lot of, you know, really underground, really old, really independent shit that is very niche for a lot of people, but it's really cool because they actually do put in the effort to give these beautiful releases of movies that in a lot of cases, I'm sure really don't deserve it. <laughs> so not I to just... mention a uh, shout factory saving like yeah. old, old, uh, mainly with my Bloody Valentine where they got the yeah. old footage and made it, and finally found versions that looked fucking good and made that new version. Yeah, Shout Factory is a wonderful fucking label because they go, they're like Criterion. Criterion does that as well, but yeah, Shout Factory especially goes out of their way to make sure that like the, their release of a film is the definitive release because if you look at their releases, they're all labeled quote unquote collector's edition because you know, it's collecting these movies for all the film buffs and shit. 
Um, so they go out of their way to make sure. Yeah, like you said, with My Bloody Valentine, it was cool because beforehand the uncut version was available, but it was this kind of like really crappy, like VHS quality print. And they actually went and they found like one of the producers who had an uncut negative that was mostly complete, from what I know. So it basically the quality matched the rest of the film perfectly, and it was just mwah, a godsend to see, especially for fans of that movie. I've always been a big fan of that movie, so. <laughs> Um, restorations are, oh, I, that is one of my favorite things when it comes to film because I can show it to people and be like, yeah, old films don't look like shit. This is what they looked like. That's why they called it the silver screen. Like, I know this is a bad movie, but like, you know, when we watched the big heat, that was a movie from 1950, like mid fifties, I want to say. And it looks like it was shot yesterday on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that also helps because like black and white film is suit honestly had super high image quality yes. and digital didn't catch up for it for years. That's right. Because there, there was actually a difference between like black and white film and digital. And I think, I, I don't think it even was until like the mid two thousands when digital finally caught up to it. And um, I think it was actually 2010s. Yeah. And there was actually a thing too, where black and white movies sometimes just looked better than color movies, just because of the way the inherent process with color worked. Um, I'm really going into the technical details, but I don't even care because this is just fun to talk about. Um, recent restorations um, that I've actually posted about on Facebook um, have been like early two-strip Technicolor horror features, um, like Mystery of the Wax Museum, which I just actually recently acquired. And there was also another one called Dr. X, but these... Uh, Warner Archive Collection is another really good label that goes out of their way to restore stuff as well, because they restored it from the original negatives, and I think for years they were thought to be lost and stuff like that. So um, thanks to Blu-ray and thanks to just physical media in general, we see these like really good restorations, at least the best they can possibly be of like old silent films as well, like early Fritz Long stuff and German Expressionism that just look really clean and... It's just stuff like that I love because we're really lucky to have a lot of those because, you know, back then they weren't even thinking about home media. <laughs> there was no market for it. Yeah, there was no way to actually do it. It didn't exist. So that's when I, why whenever I see like a really old feature that was restored or like like longer cut was found and stuff, I just I eat that up because I again, it's something I do also love comparing. And I'm just so thankful that Blu-ray has helped us get that. So that's that's something I am very passionate about, clearly, because I went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, restorations. <Yee>. <laughs> but yeah, shortening that point quickly, Blu-rays also just have higher quality than streaming because yes. they can be 1080p without any compromise or 4K with no compromise on internet. You're, yeah, exactly. There's no loading. There's no bandwidth issues or anything. It's literally you are taking the source and playing it back. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> and also, going off that, um, with streaming, now, I'm sure people who are listening to this, you live in an area where internet is pretty good. You are able to stream without it being coming in all pixely. But that's not fucking true for everywhere. I have multiple friends in Australia where their internet is not good enough to do that. So their favorite thing to do is to go to theaters with friends in order to watch movies together. Oh, really? They don't even, like, attempt to do it at home. I mean, they can do it at home. It's just, it's, it has to be whoever has the best internet or with physical media. Because then you don't have to worry about your shit internet connection. There you go. Exactly. Physical media is, is just very helpful for people who 
aren't who just have bad internet. There are parts of America that have bad internet. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the internet just goes out and you want to watch a movie. Exactly. It happens. The internet goes out and you want to watch a movie. What are you going to do? Oh, wait, I have the Blu-ray. I don't need to be connected to the internet to even watch it. Yeah, it's, oh, no, I want to watch Hot Fuzz. It was on Netflix. Oh, wait, I have the Blu-ray yeah. and DVD. I can just watch it now. So should we get into that point now? Not yet. Okay. Okay. And going off that bit, uh, therein lies the other problem of if you're, this will, we've only been really talking about movies. All this is kind of true for TV shows as well. Sometimes more so like the Hannibal Blu-rays we mentioned to get in the episodes of Hannibal, which is still only 30 bucks. Highly recommend getting it. Yeah. It's a deal. There's a lot of there's a lot of great behind the scenes. You get the uncensored versions of episodes because TV was a bunch of cowards and couldn't show butts. <laughs> I love how that was the reason for that one really gruesome scene. Not just because, you know, his ribs were sticking out and like sh organs everywhere. No, it was because you could see his ass. <laughs> yeah. These people have their backs skinned with bones showing, but their butt is showing. So we can't <laughs> put that on TV. Oh, we'll cover it with more blood. That's good. Yeah. Oh, it's so ridiculous. But that is another topic for another time. <laughs> Hell, Hannibal has an episode that was cut from uh, live television. Yep. I'm it, sure it's available on uh, Netflix and Prime where you're able to stream it at the moment. But still. Yeah. Wasn't even aired initially within the whole thing, which is interesting because it includes a plot point, which comes back later. Yeah. Pretty uh, major plot there's... point, I must say. <laughs> also, uh, in... Uh, with a less positive show on the Cape, there the final episode never aired on TV. That one was on the web, only its website. Yeah, straight to like CBS's website or whatever it aired. Or actually, I think it was NBC. <laughs> that was before uh, streaming was really that big on the internet. So yeah, take that as you will. Like they had so little faith that people would like chat, tune in to watch it that they're like, oh, we'll just release it online. Whoever wants to watch it can watch it yeah but you also just don't know how long a streaming service is gonna hold a movie prime is the most fucking egregious example of this because i swear to god there are movies that say free with prime for two days and then it's removed it, it, there is no consistency in the amount of time something is on amazon prime none whatsoever <laughs> yeah or there's even now, there's not consistency with how much of a series is uploaded on a streaming service. On HBO Max, you can get, at the moment, you can get all the Nightmare movies, except three. Yep. Dream Warriors or, is caught up in, what, like, copyright hell? I That's what people say. It might be a copyright limbo with multiple studios. Uh, Critters is also on HBO Max, and there's... I forget which ones are missing, but... I think the first one isn't on there, but the second and fourth one are. It's weird. Yeah. So, and the physical Blu-ray collections include those. So. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there were those people complaining that Netflix uh, got rid of The Office. You can buy the complete series. Yeah. That was just a little side note is I've seen multiple people and obviously I'm not going to name anyone, but I've seen multiple people bitch that like, oh no, they're taking The Office off Netflix or like Friends is going off Netflix. Grr, how dare they? It's so stupid. 
just buy the DVDs if it's really that important to you. <laughs> yeah. And don't tell me streaming is cheaper. If you just keep yeah. a streaming service because you're watching one show, you are wasting money. Just buy the show and you can literally watch it until those DVDs break. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's like you are paying one lump sum and then it's yours forever to watch whenever you want, wherever you want. And if someone brings up to me, oh, but like you just said, DVDs break. Legally speaking, you are allowed to save DVDs that you own to your computer. Yes. Now, yes, there is copyright protection on those DVDs. There, And without... I'm not saying you do this in order to be, not be held legally liable. You are able to work around those, have the files saved on your computer, and you would not face any, and you wouldn't be able to face any criminal charges legally speaking. Correct. So if you're worried about that, get a computer with a disk drive, get the DVDs, save it there just in case. And if you're really worried that they're going to break, if you don't like, you know, actively go out of your way to break them, I think someone estimated they can last like 300 years or something before they start even showing signs of wearing out. For a DVD? Something like that. That's fucking impressive. Yeah, it's like several hundred years before it actually starts dying. So... There was one company that had like a, a golden disc or something and they pretty much guarantee they actually had a written guarantee for like 300 years. They're they're like if something happens down the line then like one of your ancestors can show us this and we'll replace it or some shit like that. <laughs> That's kind of fantastic. Isn't it? They're so confident in how long they last. It was great. <laughs> and besides not having jump streaming services or or worrying uh, which service it's on. There's also the idea of what happens when your, the internet goes out or due to how many streaming services there are now, what happens when that service dies? Yeah. As you know, a company can only keep something up for so long. And like you, you would think that these would last a long time, but you know, <laughs> Let's just say, you know, worst case scenario, like some EMP happens, you know, all your electronics break and are useless and shit. The DVD is well, okay, not EMP because then you can't use a DVD player. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you could get somewhere you could build a new one and then put in the Blu-ray and there you go. <laughs> I think that's going a bit far. I was going to go more. I don't even care. Bankrupt. I don't care, <laughs> but yeah, so. I think I, I I should have prefaced that with extreme example. Or you can go with it. This isn't the best example because the content really wasn't worth it from what I heard. But in 2020, there was Quibi. Quibi had a bunch of shows that were like bite-sized episodes, basically. They were five to ten minutes, I think. Yes, I remember that. And they got some pretty like big-name actors and stars and stuff. Yeah, and directors as well. I think, uh, fuck, who directed Evil Dead? I can't think of the name. Oh, Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi did a horror series on there. And I heard it was all right, but here's the thing. Quibi's fucking dead. Yeah, you can't go on so, Quibi anymore. So all that exclusive content, gone. Yeah, all the work and hours of those actors, even if it's garbage. Like, even if some of the shows were complete trash. Where the hell are they? Yeah. How the hell are you going to remember them in any way after 10 years even? Because I'm pretty sure none of them were released on physical media. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And I don't know where legally they are held at the moment. 
Yeah, like, and you don't even know if they're legally held. That's the thing. So, yeah, it's like that streaming service died super hard. And it's just the fact that, you, like you said, all that time, all that effort, even if it was crap, that's just gone to time now. So even for just, you know, reference, like what if someone needed it for like a demo reel or something, or they wanted to say, hey, I was in that series that you can't watch anymore at all, ever. <laughs> like, yeah. For the actors especially, it's like, oh yeah, I was in this uh, short film. Can we see it? No, the surface is gone. Yeah. Exactly. And it's shit like that. It it's this existential feeling of sort of like it will be lost forever type yeah. deal. And that's why it kind of annoys me too that like, you know, the Mandalorian has never been released to physical copy officially. <laughs> so yet <clears throat> there've been pirated copies I've seen float around, but as of right now, yeah, yet there has been no official Blu-ray or DVD release of it. So what if Disney plus just goes down tomorrow? Like, won't be able to watch yeah. that anymore. Sorry. Also, sorry if there's any like loud noises. I accidentally bumped the table. Yeah. Oops. It's fine. But and I hate the fucking people because there's always the person whenever this is brought up. Like that isn't going to happen. It has to shows before, I and could, it will in the future. I could give you specific examples of when this has recently happened. I could give you examples of shows you can't get anymore. Yep. Or the only reason you get them is technically from a streaming service. But if that goes down, you're, it's gone forever. At least legally, through legal means, it's gone forever. <laughs> Hell, there are some shows that you can't even get legally. Uh, Megas XLR yeah. is, a, is an amazing cartoon from, I think it was the 90s or early 2000s. That's just like, got caught up in rights issues, I think, yeah. No, it's not. Well, technically, it's a rights issue. Cartoon Network put the show as a tax write-off, so they can't legally sell the show. Otherwise, uh... they would be committing tax fraud. Holy shit. So that show will never be physically released. That sucks. I think there was actually a fan DVD that was being sold for a while. Well, of course there was. It was a good show and people wanted to see it. Yeah. So legally, no, you can't buy it. Illegally, well, there's a couple of copies. <laughs> We're not the ones making them, just saying. <laughs> Hell, on Etsy, you can find stuff for um, the Netflix Marvel shows because Jessica Jones season, I think all the season ones were released yeah. and Daredevil season two and that's it. Well, Daredevil Season 3 was released, but the, the Daredevil Season 3 was DVD only. There was no Blu-ray release. Wh Why? I don't know. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a different thing to complain about. Like, just quickly, there are some... Cartoon Network is the main fucking offender of yeah. this, where they will release something, but only on DVD in America instead of Blu-ray everywhere else. It's really weird. Like, for example, a big example I will use is regular show. Regular show has had season one and two on Blu-ray in America. Season three was released on DVD in America. And that's it. The rest of the seasons were never released in America. But they were in Australia. Are you talking about regular show? or Regular show. I think you said Adventure Time. Did I? My bad. Regular show. Yeah. Oops. So, Yeah. <laughs> um steven universe as well 
I, there is a complete DVD collection, but in the in uh, Bryn, you could get the first season and I think the second season on Blu-ray. Yeah, and that just confuses me to no end because I'm like, there's no legal reason why you can't do it. You guys literally own the rights. Are you just too lazy to put it out on DVD or on Blu-ray? Like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, a lot of Cartoon Network shows are only watchable to HBO Max at the moment because Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Codename Kids Next Door, Billy and Mandy. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple. Of... I don't think Ed and Eddie ever got a full DVD release. Mm, that's unfortunate. But yeah, there. Te- no, Teen Titans is actually available on Blu-ray. Yes. But yeah, all those shows don't even have... Well, they had DVD releases, but they're su- if they did, they're super out of print at this point and like a hundred bucks a box set. Lilo and Stitch, the series. Lilo and Stitch was only released in the UK, uh, the TV series. The movies are still available, but it was released in DVD in the UK and those are now up to like 80 to a hundred bucks. And that's it. Yeah, they were never officially released in America. And the only way to really, the easiest way to watch is to, through streaming. Which again sucks because if this streaming thing falls through, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really watch it anymore. At least legally speaking. The phrase is coming out of up a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Legally speaking. Because we probably do need to do a separate topic episode on piracy. I would say so, yes. That would be legally binding in some ways. But <laughs> some people will probably be like, well, Quibi is. Quibi was crap anyway. That's why it went away. The other streaming services should be fine. Really? You're telling me Apple TV is going to stick around? Yeah. Like, yeah, it had, um, oh, I think it's The Wolf Walker? Or it had an animated movie recent that is up for an Oscar at the moment. Oh, damn. I heard that was very good. But I don't know anyone who owns uh, Apple TV who didn't just get a free trial with their iPhone, basically yeah (laughs) and they are all the people i know that have that it's a free year trial all the people who have that i know for a fact are not re are not going to um buy another year yeah and they have some pretty fucking interesting uh tv shows on there original shows and i don't know the name of them which totally helps my case yes (laughs) But still, that content, I would give probably Apple maybe five years tops unless they come out with something absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Unless they have like this, you know, critically acclaimed masterpiece that everyone agrees on. Yeah. This is actually, we do have another topic episode on streaming services mm-hmm. for, for the future. But I'm just going to say this quickly. I have a strong feeling that what's going to happen with streaming is the ones that will stay will be Netflix. HBO Max seems like it's getting a lot of staying power. Uh, Amazon Prime is going to stay because Amazon could honestly just make, could stop making any originals for it and they'd still have enough money to run their streaming service. Mm-hmm. Disney is probably going to stay but eventually combine itself with Hulu. Because they do own Hulu, and eventually Disney Plus is going to just run out of stuff to watch. Yep. I feel like those would be the main four that stick around. 
Yeah, because there's just and yeah, that's just a big problem. Is there's just so many of them nowadays. Like I don't think the you know I, I think the big players will have some staying power. You know the big names, but the minor companies and you know little independent things probably are not going to be around forever. So, like Peacock or the yeah. Discovery uh, streaming service. Yeah. I hope Criterion stays around, but I don't know how well that streaming service is doing. Yeah, I mean, either it is really nice. It's very convenient, especially if neither of us own a Criterion version of a movie that's on the list. Yeah, um, Shudder might have enough staying power with the the cult horror crowd. But besides that, again, uh, Peacock has original series, Apple has original series. Where the hell are those going to go if they don't get physical copies? Yeah, like I, I, the deals and the rights and everything, I think they were literally made for those streaming services. So what's going to happen to them afterwards? It just, it just, it, it's knowing that, you know, knowing the art behind it and all the hard work that goes into making series like that and just, you know, just loving movies and shows in general. Like it, it's just sad to see things just essentially disappear from history. So. Yeah, and one last worrying one worrying thing it comes back to disney and them either censor and when i'm saying i'm going to fucking specify here with them censoring shows or recutting them no i am not talking about the fucking two second title card that tells you hey this movie is old and has some offensive shit in it so be, be worry about that uh... those are fine those can stay whatever yeah. i'm talking about how the simpsons was cropped weird how gravity falls oddly has uh stan's hat cut because apparently it was a symbol there are like these minor uh, censorship cuts here and there uh the black hole censored a lot of language on disney plus like there are several instances like damn and hell that they censored <laughs> yeah they could there is nothing stopping them from doing those cuts because they legally own the the I can't think of words. The they rights. legally own those those properties. That's the word I was looking. There you go. So they're allowed to do what they want, but it also is that feeling of like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do to if I want to see how it was originally edited or see the um the episodes that are pulled? Which I get why some episodes episodes are being pulled of tv shows mm -hmm. you know because they have uh, offensive shit in them but going back to that little disclaimer i'd rather have that and be able to keep the stuff that we just to be able for archival reasons know what happened be able to come to terms with that instead yeah. of just acting like it didn't happen cutting the episode entirely yeah exactly so it's best to just have it that and you can just like even if you know it has some horrible shit in it you can at least appreciate the fact that you know this is how it originally was that's just how it was back then so and again if you're thinking oh that those are rare cases that would never happen find the original cut of star wars Ooh, that could be a fun one to talk about <laughs> there you go find the original cut of star wars alone just the first one that's it. You don't have to find all three of them. Just find the fir the original cut of the first one. Go Is ahead. Is it on Disney Plus? Nope, not there. That's a new cut. Yep. 
It, it's so funny about that because like not only did they edit them in the '90s and then edit them again for the DVD releases, they then edited it yet again for the streaming services. And these are like the only versions that you can fucking find anymore. I know you have the original cuts technically due to again fans being amazing. Yeah, I do. And they were not fucking easy to find. Let me tell you that. I had to go out of my way to fucking find those. So, yeah. (laughs) Case made right there, I think. I rest my case, Your Honor. (laughs) Oh, so just the main thing, too, is it's just really cool to own physical copies. It is, especially with cool covers and stuff. Like, Steelbooks, yes. Mm. Well, good steelbooks. There are some that just either use the film poster or try to be quote-unquote minimalist, and it's just boring. Yeah, but <laughs> Shot Factory has a ton of really good steelbooks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially, uh, look up their John Carpenter movies. Yeah. Just mwah. All of those are great, frankly. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do a steelbook for uh, In the Mouth of Madness. I know, right? Just goes to show how, like, not as loved as the rest of his movies that one was, which is unfortunate, because that's my favorite John Carpenter movie. Yeah, honestly. I'm not sure how to segue off this. Well, if you have <laughs> something else, just go right into it, I'd say. Well, no, not, I, well, I don't know if there's anything else to say. Uh, not that I can think of. I think we've made our case. There's a couple of, like, minor things we can go into, but I don't think they're really important really so uh, yeah i say that's kind of it so physical media is rad as hell and you can't trust streaming services that's the main lesson to learn from this so yeah the quick thing is you get a lot more out of your movies type deal yeah you you get to learn more about the films they are better quality than streaming until we get until the world gets faster internet where you can easily stream 4k to your computer you know your computer that probably doesn't have 4k screen always funny how that works always funny um you don't have to worry about it fucking disappearing because apparently if you treat your dvds right it will last 300 years i don't even know how long a blu-ray will last because those things are even tougher than dvds they're not invincible i can tell you that for sam but they're 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 very robust there's a couple times where i picked up a blu-ray and i like dropped it in back into the case and i thought oh shit did i scratch it oh no and i like pick it up look at the back and it's fine nice so (laughs) but yeah you don't have to worry about streaming services you don't have to worry about internet connection better quality you get more shit out of it it's just nice. <laughs> it's just nice to have them. And like you said, it's just that and just the collector reason of look at this. This is so cool. Look at all the movies. They're right there. You can hold them. I own them. I don't have to I don't have to worry about something being taken away. <laughs> also, if you're again, if you don't think this happens, look at video games as mm-hmm. well. Why do you think everyone's so hyped Scott Pilgrim is back? Yeah. There's a very good case of a game that, like, you literally just couldn't get uh, once it came went off the store unless you kept it downloaded like you did, you lucky bastard. Yeah. Uh, um, Silent Hill PT. Silent Hill PT. Uh, Charlie Murder was another beat-em-up on the Xbox 360. You cannot get anymore unless you have it down. Yep. Happens in that front, too. So There's probably a lot of games that you can't grab anymore. Uh, the Deadpool game disappeared for a good while because of... 
outright hell. I remember that, and then they did actually finally start re-releasing it on physical copy, which was nice. Yeah, but you know what happened when it went out of print? You could go into a GameStop and buy the physical case yep. and play the game. Exactly. But anyway... <laughs> That is that. And that is why we love physical media and will always advocate for the release of physical media. Like for people yeah, to say like, oh, physical media is dying. No, no, it's not. It's still going very strong and there is still a very heavy market for it. Well, maybe not very strong, but it's still around. It's still very- around. And the, 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 my case in point is like, I think Glenn also pointed this out too. He's like, you know, all these wonderful restorations are being done to these older films. They're still releasing them like this year and last year had some really good, really old restorations that were hard to find or like just shit quality beforehand. And they're, they're still the fact they're still releasing them means that people are still buying them and people are still interested in these movies, which is just really cool. Yeah. So I think that's about all I have to say on that. I don't know how to close out this episode or and I forget what movie we're doing next. Uh, but whatever happens after that movie, we're going to be doing a season. Say it one more time. You just said season and then it completely cut you off. Uh, season, we're doing star season four. Yep. After whatever movie is next. I honestly, for, I don't know. And I don't feel like doing the math in my head because we record things out of order. Yeah. So we wouldn't have been able to say it anyway. <laughs> Is that going to bug you? Are you doing it right now? <laughs> yeah, I have to know. Mission Impossible 2, Star, Star 10, 11, Over the Garden Wall. Oh, uh, I think next is actually a Man with No Trilogy. Cause, yeah, because I'm pretty sure after Over the Garden Wall was Nightmare 2, and then it was now. So yeah, Man with No Name. All right. And then star season four. There you go. <laughs> there. The thing I said when anyway. <laughs> because Bye. that's. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter and Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel, CamCam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use.